Welcome to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. Thank you so much for joining us this weekend. I'm Jason Kong, and I have the pleasure of sitting across from the man with the biggest smile on his face. It's Bill Alexander because he's smiling because his favorite holiday is just around the corner. Thanksgiving is almost here, Bill. You're exactly right. I'm, I mean, I'm proud of you that you could actually... Uh understand why this is a happy time yeah it, it's um, Thanksgiving is clearly my favorite uh, holiday season and it's the kind of thing where uh, to me uh, Thanksgiving it is um, it, it's even more Christmassy than Christmas in, in terms of the spirit of the day and uh, yeah, I'm looking forward uh, to the actual holiday, if you will, where uh, I hope that our entire family, at least immediate family, uh, will be together. Uh, and of course, uh, what's Thanksgiving without some fantastic uh, food on the table? And of course, most of us have very traditional Thanksgiving meals, you know, um, at least that's true in in our uh, family. Uh, you know, last night we were talking about, you know, um, some of the, the kids coming over and bringing uh, what they want to fix. And it's 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 sort of like if if um, uh, I mentioned the fact that we had to have a squash casserole because that's one of those traditional things that we've had uh Forever, and I, I basically said there would be an uprising in our home if there wasn't squash casserole. Uh, <laughs> so, but anyway, I, I am definitely looking forward to it. But you know, the the truth is is that um, we have a heck of a lot to be thankful for. I mean, and that's you know, if you really get down to the the spirit of the holiday. That's what it's all about. It just happens that the great majority of us, the, the, the thing that we are most thankful for uh, is our family and extended family and the fact that we can be close together. And, of course, Thanksgiving, generally, it's a big, busy holiday for travel because people want to be home and be together. For holiday, you know, for the Thanksgiving celebration, and sort of like, what's better than that? You know, the fact is, is that uh, the the retailers have just they bypass Thanksgiving. It's like as soon as Hall as Halloween's over, it's Christmas. You know, come to our store, buy stuff. You know, and uh, uh, and of course, you know, Christmas is um, the season is absolutely wonderful. And people uh, do enjoy decorating their homes. And, you know, our uh, daughters-in-law, if you will, are, <clears throat> you know, they start decorating as soon as Halloween is over. You know, November 1 comes, and it's like, let's bring out the garland, let's put up the tree, and and all of that. And, you know, that holiday spirit's pretty nice. But it's it uh, to me, Thanksgiving is the culmination of of uh, what it's all about. And, um, you know, it's not just a matter of giving thanks 
uh, as it relates to uh, our own families, uh, it's a matter of giving thanks for so much. Um, and, and you know, one of the things uh, that we should be thankful for is living right here in the good old U.S. of A. Uh, because uh, we, you know, uh, we have uh, a country of laws. We, you know, we have elections that uh, determine that we can all vote in, uh, that determine the direction of the country. Uh, uh, and, you know, we have freedoms here that are not enjoyed around the world. I mean, no matter how you cut it, uh, we, we have uh, freedoms that uh, in, are not enjoyed in most parts of the, of the world. And that's something to be extraordinarily uh, grateful for uh, you know, I, you know, part of Thanksgiving is coming together as a community, and and I, you know, you think about how polarized politics has become, and it's one thing I would I would love to see is somehow that our communities can ignore the politics and come together in, in ways that uh, are meaningful. Uh, and, and you know we we no matter how you cut it and and no matter how you live in this country the, this country I mean it, 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 whatever social group people are in we're rich you know if you've ever traveled overseas where in, and in many places around the world, you, uh, it's clear to see a very small population that's very rich and uh, other people just eking out lives, uh, barely making it, worrying about food, worrying about clean water, uh, living in a box. And yes, we do have some of that here, but that is such a small percentage of this country, the the great majority of us, even though those there's many of us who are struggling, but in terms of comparing our struggle to struggles uh, in other places that are where food is a problem or violence is a problem, you know, it's not that we're immune to it, but you know, our most of us have a whole lot to be thankful for in terms. Of those kinds of things so it's um, and of course the other thing about Thanksgiving from my perspective is uh, we do um, think we turn thoughts about how we can share our wealth with others and by you know truthfully uh, a lot of folks their wealth is in their family relations it's not about money uh, but the fact is, is, is that Americans are generous, and that is a, a really positive uh, stroke uh, for us. I mean, you think about folks right now uh, who are struggling with the aftermath of the uh, hurricanes in, in Florida, the flooding right here in North Carolina. 
up in the mountains. Uh, you know, uh, there there are tragedies that occur all the time, and and of course with global warming, it, it seems that the tragedy tragedies that we see are getting worse. You know, whether it's wildfires out west, hurricanes in the Gulf, or here. Uh, uh, off the Atlantic, uh, or you know, flooding, whatever it is, you know, it's the kind of thing where there are many families that are rebuilding. Uh, and uh, the good news is, is that most most of us do have an opportunity to share. And of course, I would make a, a you know, one of the things that um, is so sad is that the scammers take advantage of. Uh, our generosity and, and so and scams can come in all sorts of different forms they scams can come in the form of an email can come in the form of a telephone call it can come with people coming right to your front door and uh, you know the 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 first thing that I would say for those of us who uh, are looking to see how we can help others during this time um, of year uh, because this seems to be the time that most of us turn our thoughts to how can we share um, is number one um, don't make contributions from telephone calls you know the fact is is if that if if uh, and there are an awful lot of organizations, if you will, that contract with folks to make telephone calls. But the fact is that when you give over the telephone, 99% of the time, the callers are the ones who are uh, you know, walking away with most of the money that's contributed over the telephone. So that's a biggie. The other is there's a lot of nefarious organizations or, or they're not really organizations. They sound like charitable organizations, but they're actually scammers or people who are on the margins taking advantage. And so it's important before you write that check to go online to check out the administrative costs of the organization because, you know, the really good organizations are frugal. They, they spend their money where the needs are as opposed to in enriching the employees or the managers uh, of, the, of the charity. And so it's, it's really important for folks to do that. Uh, check them out before you write that check and then let your money follow your passions. If you're involved in something and you can help uh, an organization out that you're familiar with, you're involved with, that's the best kind of gift, uh, truth, truthfully. But if you're trying to help people in Florida who are recovering from a storm or otherwise, check out the organizations before you send the check. And that's true whether it's an organization in the United States or international. You know, you can go online and find that information out before you write that check. I mean, there's one thing about being charitable and being wonderful and and the fact is is that when we help others we're actually helping ourselves because you know the fact is is that it's just a fact of life is that when we make gifts to other people it makes us better people it makes us feel better about ourselves and, and we're the ones who really 
are uh, when we make those gifts, we're the ones who actually get the most from the gift giving, if you will. So it's important. Making sure those charitable dollars are doing what you intend is very important. So make sure you're doing that research and ensuring that you're dealing with a reputable organization and making sure your dollars are doing what you intend is also key when it comes to asset protection. We're going to get into a lot of asset protection topics going forward here in the show. Don't forget, you can go to WGALaw.com if you want to schedule an appointment to speak with Bill. You can also find information about Bill's free webinars. If you want to learn about long-term care assistance, Medicaid, VA benefits, financial assistance that may be available to you for the uh, extreme out-of-pocket costs associated with long-term care, this is a wonderful opportunity for you to learn more, or you can also learn about asset protection and trust planning in Bill's afternoon webinar. These are free to attend. There's no cost. They're just highly educational opportunities for you to learn more from Bill. These are done the second Wednesday of every month. The next set of webinars is happening on Wednesday, December 14th. Learn more at WGALaw.com. WGALaw.com. We're taking a quick break, but we'll be back with more of this is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. Find more about Bill at WGALaw.com. WGALaw.com. I'm Jason Kong here with Attorney Bill Alexander. And Bill, just before the break, we were having a discussion about charitable giving and why it's so important to make sure that we do a little bit of research into some of these organizations that we may not be as familiar with. But there's also some other tips that you have when it comes to charitable giving. Well, there's no no question that, I mean, that the reason that we should be looking at charitable giving is to help others. I mean, it's that simple. How, how can we help those whom deserve help, uh, you know? And, uh, but there's also uh, the side of it as when we help others, can it be helpful to us in more than just a, a, a uh, an emotional way. <laughs> now the emotions are important too, but uh, uh, you know there are. I, I don't have any clients. Uh, I can't think of a one that wants to pay the government, any of our governments, local, state, federal, more tax, more money than they than we can possibly get away with. <laughs> With paying. In other words, we, we like ways to reduce our tax liability. And uh, charitable giving is one of those ways. Now, the bad news is that when Congress changed the laws uh, a few years ago for income tax, which was mostly good, but one of the things they did was they took away personal itemized deductions for most people. And so 99% of everybody does standard deductions. Well, 
Part of that basically means that our charitable donations each year um, uh, either get no deduction at all or very limited because it's on a year-to-year basis. They normally allow a few hundred dollars to be actually and still use a, a standard deduction. But but you don't, you know, if you give thousands of dollars, to, you know, if you tithe to your church or make other significant charitable contributions in a particular year, unless you itemize, which very few people do, uh, it doesn't really help you on your income tax. And in fact, that's one of the reasons that so many charitable organizations really uh, lost money after the tax code was changed because there was less incentive to give because it didn't give people much of any tax break to, to make those gifts. But there are still ways that folks can use charitable giving uh, for a really good tax break. Now, for those families that have what we call a taxable estate, in other words, where you have more than the estate tax exemption. Now, we're talking about pretty wealthy people at this point because uh, the exemption today is uh, is over $12 million per person. So that's a pretty darn big estate. And, and if for a married couple, that's $12 million times two. <laughs> and next year, it's going to be close to $13 million for the exemption. Um, and But for those families who are in that category of money, uh, and I'll give you an example. I just had a conversation with a wonderful man yesterday. Uh, Andy, uh, you know, uh, you wouldn't think of him as, you know, rich, but uh, in terms of the way he lives and things like that, he just happens to have a farm in Cumberland County that's probably worth $40 million. <laughs> okay, so... You know, the bottom line is, and he's single, and so the the fact is, is that that's, you know, that that's taxable. Well, obviously, a charitable gift, whether it's wrapped as a family foundation or whether it goes to uh, a group like uh, the North Carolina Community Foundation or the Triangle Foundation. Uh, a uh, you know donor advised fund. There's lots of different ways to do it. Um, if uh, the difference between his exemption uh, goes to a charitable cause, then there's no tax at his death. Now, obviously, that means it doesn't go to uh, a family under those circumstances. But you know, most people are generous, and you can lower your tax bill by using charities. And, and of course, there's also other ways that you can use charity to reduce your income tax. You know, we have charitable remainder trusts, charitable lead trusts. You, you have uh, charity, charitable gifts that you can make uh, at death. Um, uh, you can also use charitable gifts during your lifetime if you itemize to reduce your income tax. Uh, and for those folks who have retirement accounts, individual retirement accounts, you can use what's called qualified charitable donations once you are 70 and a half. You have to be 70 and a half. 
But uh, the fact is, is that when you're 72, you have required distributions, and there are an awful lot of folks out there that the largest uh, asset that they have is actually a taxable retirement account. Well, fact is, if if you are a person who makes large charitable gifts each year, tithing to your church or otherwise. You can do it from your retirement account once you're 70 and a half in a qualified charitable donation, and then you're not taxed on that required distribution because it's going to charity. You'll still get the 1099, but it'll be coded as a non-taxable distribution. So what's better than that? So, you know, just there are a lot of different ways that you can use charity, uh, use your passions to reduce your taxes and get some benefit uh, out of it uh, other than the wonderful emotional benefit that you actually get from helping other people. Making sure that we're maximizing those benefits is always important because, hey, that leaves us with more to give. And that's always wonderful rather than giving it to Uncle Sam. So, Those were wonderful tips. Don't forget, go to WGALaw.com if you want to schedule an appointment to speak with Bill. You can find information about him and his team there, as well as information about his free webinars that are happening on Wednesday, December 14th. If you want to learn more about Medicaid, VA benefits, and long-term care assistance, or if you want to learn about asset protection and trust planning, this is a wonderful free opportunity for you. Go to WGALaw.com. Click on the Seminars button to register for Bill's webinars. WGALaw.com. Click on the Seminars button or call the office. 919-256-7000. 919-256-7000. A quick break and back with more. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander, and we'll be right back. Listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. Go to WGALaw.com if you want to schedule an appointment to speak with Bill or to learn more about Bill's free webinars. WGALaw.com. Click on the seminars button if you want to learn more about long term care assistance as well as asset protection and trust planning. Bill's free webinars are happening on Wednesday, December 14th. Click on the seminars button at WGALaw.com. Dot com to learn more. I'm Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. And Bill, I just mentioned your afternoon webinar happening on Wednesday, December 14th, which covers asset protection and trust planning. And we're going to get into a little bit of that right now. Well, the first, I mean, what I want to talk about briefly is what is a trust? I have lots of folks who come to me and say, oh, my neighbor says I need a trust, or my financial advisor has said, hey, you you really should think about having a trust. And so uh, people come to me and they say, Bill, should I have a trust or should I just use a will to distribute my property at my death? And and I'll, I'll be frank, I love trusts as a wonderful plan. Not everybody needs trust. You know, when I have a client where a trust is not going to give them any significant 
uh, bang for their buck, if you will. I, I don't recommend them. However, uh, the fact is most people, when they ask the question, they don't know what it is. You know, <laughs> when you know when when you go to the car dealership and you're saying, uh, "Do I need a, a vehicle?" Uh, you sort of know what you're getting, <laughs> and you've done a little research in terms of of uh, what what the, the 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 things that you want your vehicle to have. Uh, you know, all of the the stuff that comes with it. You, you, you've done your research, you know what you want, but when it comes to a trust, most people have no clue uh, what it is that they're asking for. Now, a lot of folks have done a little bit of research, and, and they uh, know that a, a trust has some benefits, that it keeps their affairs private, and if it's done correctly, uh, that it will help them avoid the costs of probate or, you know, where you have to go through the courthouse upon death to distribute property and the costs associated with that. Um, and so the people who've done a little research at least know that it makes the distribution of your estate um, easier, faster, and less expensive upon your death. However, they still don't know what it is or how it works. And so... Just boiling it down to the basic ingredients of a trust, because part of the problem is that we as lawyers and financial advisors and others talk about trust like it is an entity in which uh, we uh, put property. In other words, we put the property in the entity and somehow the entity works its magic and the wand is waved and all is well. Well, frankly, that's not, even though that's how trusts are described, you know, I mean, for instance, we talk about funding a trust. Well, guess what? Funding a trust would make you imagine that you're going to take property and transfer it into an entity, right? Well, the fact is, that's not what a trust is. All a trust is, is a contract. It's an agreement. It's a piece of paper. And your contract can be real simple, um, which I'm not real fond of, the super simple. Uh, although you can have a simple trust that does things effectively. Um or you can have one that has a lot of whistles and bells. Um, you know, it's sort of like, you know, when you go to the dealership, you don't want the stripped-down version. You want something that really hums and gives you more, if you will, for your money. It gives you more for your money. So, And I'm a believer in that. But basically, a, it's a, a, a contract that you're making. Normally, most trusts, you're making the contract with yourself and that's what makes it difficult for folks to understand but in essence uh, the most typical trust that people use is called a revocable trust but in essence you have a person who is creating the trust in other words they're drafting the trust in their favor they're appointing themselves as the trustee the person who 
manages the the trust. And of course, the trustee doesn't have to be a person, but normally it is. It can be a trust company. It can be a corporation, you know, that sort of thing. But the, the most typical kind of trust is where you're appointing yourself as the manager of the trust. Uh, and then you're also naming yourself as the primary beneficiary of this contract is in this agreement. So, okay, so it's a contract where you're creating an agreement with yourself normally for your own benefit. So you're thinking, well, what difference does that make? Well, what you're really doing is creating a fiduciary relationship. So you transfer property from yourself or yourself and your spouse to yourself and or your spouse as trustee. And when you do that, you're converting it to individual ownership to fiduciary ownership. And when a person dies, a trustee doesn't die. A person dies but when uh, the trustee dies, you simply have a successor trustee who's named, and that's why uh, under and and has to fulfill the terms of the contract, and that's that's how it works. So um, that's what makes it easier. That's what makes it private, uh, and it and it makes it work. Now, I personally like trusts that are very clear about why you're creating it. I like trusts that actually have a disability plan in it, uh, which basically tells your children how to spend your money taking care of you uh, if you get to a point where you can't manage your own property anymore. In other words, you've set your children up as successor trustees during your lifetime if you get to a point where you can't manage things anymore. And then you have a distribution scheme. And a simple trust is simply at my death, give it to my kids or my grandkids or my friends or whomever you want it to go to. Um, But it's outright. It's free of trust after you die. Uh, But, of course, you know, the most of the trusts that I do actually create an asset protection trust for your spouse upon your death, uh, and then an asset protection trust for the children and grandchildren uh, when the spouse dies. Uh, a lot of folks love the, that kind of planning where all of this is done outside the courts. It's uh, it makes for a wonderful plan, particularly if you have children I mean, the fact is all of our children have one huge risk that as parents we worry about. We're worried about our children's marriage. You know, will they end up in a divorce? Will the will our legacy that we want to go to our children and grandchildren end up being divided with a, a, a spouse? And so people don't like that possibility. Well, that's one of the things that an asset protection trust can um, basically help significantly so that the trust is not part of any kind of divorce. And all of us know that the percentages of divorce uh, are ridiculously high, uh, which is 
you know, um, it, it's a sad situation that that's the case. But the fact is that. And, you know, to the degree we want to protect what we want to give to our children so that it benefits our children and then our grandchildren, um, that's good planning as far as I'm concerned. And so uh, I like that. But the fact is, is that a trust, when you create it, it can be a revocable trust. It can be irrevocable. And it's important for folks to know that a revocable trust gives no asset protection while it is revocable. Now, the nice thing about a revocable trust is that it doesn't change the way you live. There are no handcuffs on how you invest your property or how you spend your property. You don't uh, you use your social security number for it, uh, and that's part of the Internal Revenue Code. You do not get a tax ID number uh, for it, uh, and you pay your income taxes the way you've always paid them, uh, based on the same assets and income that you've always had. So it makes it very, very easy when you create a plan like that. But again, does everybody need one? Absolutely not. There are other ways to do estate planning other than using a trust. But for those folks who have a legacy that they really want to control, you know, who gets it, how they get it, when they get it, uh, and how to protect it, that that's where a trust really comes into play. That's That's wonderful. It requires some thought and some planning to make sure that, you know, you may have a trust in mind, but Bill, you mentioned a few things that maybe we don't think of initially when we're thinking of how we want a trust act, whether that's disability or the potential divorce of a child and the impact that that would have. That's why it's so important to make sure that you're getting good counsel. If you do want to establish a trust, you can schedule an appointment to speak with Bill. If you would like to have the perspective of an elder law attorney, go to WGALaw.com. There you can schedule an appointment to speak with Bill. You can also find information about Bill's free webinars. If you want to attend his asset protection and trust planning webinar, it's free to do so. There's no cost to you. You can do it from the comfort of your own home. Just go to WGALaw.com and click on the seminars button at the top of the page. WGALaw.com or call 919-256-7000. 919-256-7000. A quick break and back with more. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander and we'll be right back. Listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. WGALaw.com is where you can go to learn more about Bill, and that's also where you can go to register for Bill's free webinars. WGALaw.com. If you want to learn more about asset protection and trust planning or long term care assistance, Medicaid, veterans benefits, go to WGALaw.com. Click on the seminars button. It's free to register, free to attend. The next set of webinars is happening on Wednesday, December 14th. Register now at WGALaw.com. I'm Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. And Bill, you've explained to us very well what a trust is. I feel more confident now in being able to 
answer that question if it comes up on a trivia or something like that. But <laughs> um, asset protection is, is also the name of the game as well. What do we need to know about that? Well, you know, the, the first thing, you know, I said about a revocable trust is that there is no asset protection while your trust is revocable. So I don't want people to think that, well, if I have an irrevocable trust, that must give me asset protection. So the first thing I have to say is not necessarily. Hang on there, because an irrevocable trust might have asset protection, but it depends a great deal on how that trust is is actually um, authored. I mean, for instance, if you create an irrevocable trust that says, thou shalt uh, pay all of the income to my spouse or my child, you know, whoever the beneficiary is, uh, when you uh, put a demand on the trustee to distribute it, there's no asset protection to that income. It's like if you say, thou shalt do something, then, uh, then creditors can go after that particular money because what? The beneficiary is entitled to it. On the other hand, if your trust says, my trustee has absolute uh, sole discretion as to whether to distribute income, uh, and there's no thou shalt in there, uh, then that income is, is protected. It can be better protected depending on how you do, who's the trustee, and uh, some, so there's some issues there. But the fact is discretion, that one word, particularly as to how you, you uh, uh, put it into your trust, is actually what um, is the operative word that might make property, whether it's income or principal in their trust, uh, asset protected. Uh, and of course, oftentimes you can uh, you can have the uh, uh, pers- the beneficiary to be the trustee of their own trust. In fact, most of my trusts look like that. But you still have to have some additional protection when you have one person who's the beneficiary as trustee, because you, frankly, it's you you need an additional trustee or a distribution trustee uh, or you have to have it so that your beneficiary cannot serve as a trustee during times of of litigation uh, you know you bottom line is if bad circumstances come up you want to make sure that there's somebody else serving as trustee but again it goes back to discretion so uh, it, with an irrevocable trust, you can, in fact, create asset protection. But asset protection also comes in lots and lots of different forms. Uh, it's not just all about having a trust. Um, and I can get into that, but asset protection can be, how do I reduce how much I pay in my income tax? Uh, how do I avoid having to pay a state tax upon my death when I want our property to go to our children or grandchildren. Uh, it, it can be, uh, how do I maintain a healthy lifestyle so I don't, I'm not spending 
uh, a half million dollars on care uh, <laughs> and to, to keep me at home and things like that. Uh, so obviously taking care of our, of our health, I mean, it sounds silly, but the fact is, is if, if we stay healthy long time throughout our life, that saves an awful lot of money and that protects those assets for ourselves and our family. Um, so, uh, you know, uh, another biggie, if you get right down that, we talked about divorce. So, you know, you know, keeping our marriage together is a form of asset protection. You know, obviously you can do more if you have a healthy marriage in terms of protecting uh, resources through your spouse or simply because uh, you're not having divide, to divide it up. Uh, there's probably more money lost in divorces when it comes right down to it than in any other form. So obviously that's an important part of asset protection as opposed to just sticking it in a way in some type of investment that's protected or surrounded by a properly drafted uh, trust agreement. And, and then, uh, of course, trusts are part of it. Uh, but uh, I would also say, as an attorney who does asset protection, that it's not about protecting everything. It's a matter of protecting that which is most important to us. Because one aspect of a good asset protection plan is remaining solvent. And what does that mean? It means we can still pay our bills timely. We haven't put all of our money into a trust where we can't pay our bills. Uh, So if we're solvent, that does a lot for us so that we can protect everything else that we uh, want to protect in an irrevocable trust. Now, you know, it's, it's not necessarily as easy as all that. Uh, in terms of having the right document, but it's also a matter of administering your trust properly. You know, there, there are ways you can have life insurance and keep it out of your estate, but again, it has to be administered properly, and the same thing is true with irrevocable trust. So it really just comes down to how important it is to you. There are ways to accomplish it, uh, and that's I love helping people with it. If you've decided that it's important to you and you do want help from Bill, go to WGALaw.com. Schedule an appointment to speak with Bill. You can also call the office. The phone number is 919-256-7000. 919-256-7000. This is a great time to schedule some time to speak with Bill and make sure that you got your planning in order. Make sure you have an asset protection plan that suits you best. WGALaw.com or 919-256-7000. A quick break and back with more. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. We'll be right back. This is Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. WGALaw.com is where you can learn more about Bill, register for his webinars, 
or schedule an appointment to see him. I'm Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. Bill, any final words before we head out today? Uh, Only that I wish everyone a wonderful Thanksgiving day and Thanksgiving weekend and hope that it's an enjoyable time that we can spend with our families and to give thanks where thanks is due that say say a wonderful prayer over the thanksgiving meal uh and like i said give thanks where it's due uh and have a wonderful weekend can't say it any better than that don't forget wgalaw.com to register for bill's free webinars if you want to learn more about asset protection and trust planning or long-term care assistance that's where you want to go wgalaw.com just click on the seminars button at the top of the page we're out of time for today have a wonderful thanksgiving week we will talk to you next weekend on behalf of bill alexander i'm jason kong thanking you so much for listening to asset protection today with attorney bill alexander have a wonderful weekend